I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's not a game. It's a red skin. Hey, yeah. What's up? Hey, how's it going? It's good, it's good. Um, feeling hot, 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 but it's good. It's oh, good. God. I know I'm sweating all over. It's so stuffy in this room, but I've had to like close all the doors, all the windows, make the acoustics sound as good as possible, but I'm roasting. You know, that's our, our head of sound quality <laughs> instructed <laughs> yeah. us to. Um, so it's 32 degrees today. Um, oh, God. Proper heat wave for the UK. Um, for other countries who think that might not be much, we don't believe in air conditioning apparently in the UK. So no, really, there's no need for it here. Typically, yeah. But... Um, so days like this are a struggle. Um, but yeah, um, I've probably been um, I've been chilling really. I've been trying to trying to work on a tan, um, oh, nice. and yeah, just chilling really. Um, yeah. I mean, at the beginning of like lockdown, I was working on a tan, but now I've just I'm blase about it. I've, I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually indoors, and I put my head out the window, and the heat just hits me. Yeah, and I'm like, don't need it. So I didn't really sleep much last night at all. So um, when I was still awake at four a.m., I just decided to drive to a vantage point, um, a local one near where I live is Box Hill, and watch the mm-hmm. sunrise from there this morning. That's so that really was nice. nice. Um, and weirdly, I wasn't the only one there. But yeah, no, it was a nice really? start to the day. I mean, there were some people still, I think, from their night out. Um, some very different oh. situations <laughs> going on. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I had a night out. But Well, yeah, oh. exactly. Um, one day. So anyway, well, pubs are open soon, hey? Yeah, Not that I'm really that. a pub goer. <laughs> Neither am I, but I like a pub in the summer. Mm, um, but I mean do I really want to go to a pub it's like the sweatiest place the furniture hasn't been like washed in years yeah do I really want to go there past like post COVID-19 lockdown no yeah I get but then you know what I find and correct me if I just sound really boring there aren't loads of things other than seeing my friends that like I long for like I'm not bothered about restaurants I'm not bothered about pubs I just want to hug my friends and see my friends and family that's kind of like the main I don't know if that's really boring but like I'm not that I don't go to restaurants that much I just didn't know you were that much of a hugger outside of your family well I'm not I'm not let's be honest yeah you're not you're lying (laughs) (laughs) when I say friends I just want to hug like my family really yeah Um, yeah yeah my like my little nephew but I don't know. I, 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 that's all I lust for. I don't lust for a restaurant or um, mm, a, yeah. a lukewarm pint. Um, <laughs> how about you? Um, what have you been up to this week? Um, not much. I got a couple of um, online orders 
Were your tuck, shorts tuck. one of them? No, 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 no. I've had okay. these. Oh, by the way, everyone, I'm in a pair of shorts and t-shirt. As you can see me on Zoom. <laughs> but I've had these shorts for like a couple of years now. They're this very like, like crisp white PE short. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, yeah, no, what I ordered was like a cord. It's black. It's like pleated matching shirt. Like mm. think of like Cuban drug lord in some, you know, some cool matching shirt and like it wide leg trousers that's what Ooh. i'm going for summer 2020 yeah so anyway episode one it's episode one after um, a lot of trial and errors <laughs> <laughs> we've been working on our sound we've been we sound like a band wow um yeah we've been working on the sound <laughs> yeah, we've been working on the setup but yeah this is episode one so hi guys i'm scarlet i am one half of the podcast and i am mim and i'm the other half of the podcast so have scarlet we know each other, mim? oh have we done this already i don't know <laughs> i think we have i think it's in the intro we've done um, that already so, but what i'd like yeah. to know scarlet is kind of what's your background in fashion and um what you bring into this podcast so I um, am design, I am design, um, those aren't good words. <laughs> yeah, so I've worked in design since I graduated uni. I studied menswear design and, and have worked in a couple of companies and witnessed some behind the scenes of the fashion industry and have a number of stories and just just feel like I've got some wisdom under my belt um yeah. and how about you Miranda um so I have worked not in design at all I've worked in like on on the shop floor in store in department stores primarily luxury fashion um and then moved my way into merchandising so we've kind of got two different perspectives yeah um and we just thought it'd be it would be a good laugh to share our experiences the ups the downs the insights of working in the fashion industry and you know it's some topics are serious but most of it is just a good laugh and us you know, putting our two cents in about about the yeah, world <laughs> exactly um so yeah that's us cool and um yeah scarlet so before we get things started um episode one give us a follow on instagram we are style over substance pod on insta and if you've got any questions any good fashion stories for us or any any topics you want us to cover then email us at styleoverp at gmail.com and yeah let's get cracking so we're going to start each podcast with a little fashion story, just like mm-hmm. a headline or something that's caught our eye. So what is your mm-hmm. fashion story this week? Well, I was just like perusing, good word, perusing uh, business of fashion and came across an article. Um, really, it, my fashion story is not about this article, but it kind of like spurred a thought in my mind. Um, and it was talking about companies, brands were thinking about boycotting 
um advertising on like facebook the face this is my story oh my god (laughs) seriously oh god but yeah Uh, no sorry okay we can just discuss yeah yeah okay so my unique thoughts have driven me (laughs) to um yeah so this particular article was about whether brands were going to continue putting money in ad revenue into the Facebook empire. So it includes Instagram as well. And it just thought to myself, like, Scarlett, could you ever think about, would you ever realistically boycott Facebook? I know we're not on Facebook that much, but Instagram, like, would there ever come a time where you're like, well, I I think what what you're getting at is they it's Facebook, it's Mark Zuckerberg as we know it, social network film, but they yeah. own everything. Yeah. Like, and also, might I add, this week, Instagram like pop-up adverts got me. I bought something because I saw it on an advert. On Instagram? And, yeah, and I was ashamed. But they, they got their cookies <laughs> right. Yeah, they got their cookies right. It was a really nice play suit that was on offer. Granted, I'm sending it back because I, I, I um, it was a sizing issue. They didn't have my size yeah. in stock. I thought I'll try the next size up, and uh, it doesn't work. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting topic because I think this stemmed from. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ben and Jerry's have been very political recently, and they have okay. said that they're going to boycott facebook advertising Mm. but when you're ben and jerry those are two of the most famous first names and everyone (laughs) like like you like either you like ben and jerry's or you don't it's a nice ice cream you're gonna buy it if you can afford it whatever Mm -hmm. but i think a lot of retailers rely on the fact i know you turn your cookies or you turn like ad ad stuff off oh yeah i turn um adverts off my google chrome which I, I mean is very clever. I bet it yeah. saves, but it saves you a, a hot penny. And oh um, but most shops for the lazy people like me who a didn't even think that that was a thing. Mm. If I've been browsing on a website, those things then pop up wherever I am to be like, hey, remember me. And so I think it's, I think it's a tricky one. Um. I, but I think that I think the reason is because obviously I think they don't agree with the platform of I think Facebook anymore. Mm, it's mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, I understand what you mean. I don't blame them. I mean, there has been a lot of talk in past years, not to be like too businessy, but a lot of talk in the past years of like to what extent is things like Amazon and Facebook now a utility as opposed mm. to just a website that we visit? And should they be broken up? because they have so much cultural dominance and political power that they should be split up and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. But I think, like, I don't go on Facebook at all. But no. I'm so much more open to the advertising on Instagram because it does, for the most part, it shows me really interesting stuff that, and smaller brands and smaller companies mm. that I would have never come across had it not been for those... Um, for those you know like in in timeline sponsored content and all that i will also say like i have like a 
it's small it's a small little art blog that I kind of like chip away at and it's just more like a pastime and thing of interest that I have and I in the past have I think I spent like a 10 or 20 pounds on like advertising to see kind of what the return on investment would be you know how many followers and you know click-throughs and stuff you would get on Instagram and Facebook Mm. so I did that in the past and it's not really that cost effective I mean I'm not a marketer but I I remember the marketing team or PR team of a previous company I worked for and one of the first things that someone did when they came in at a high level I think, you know, you pay for like AdSense or you pay for your name to be one of the top names when you oh, Google. Yeah. And she was top like, ranking, yeah. there is absolutely no point. Like, especially in terms of like, if you're buying from a brand and if you're a rep, like if you're an established brand, mm. people are buying from you or they're not. Um, but mm. I think, I think what you were saying about Instagram so I, again, I'm not really a Facebook user. It's the main way I remember birthdays, but I don't really go on it. Oh my God, yeah. Um, now I rely I, on LinkedIn I, for that. year olds have taken over Facebook, let's be real. Um, <laughs> but on Instagram, it's a very different advertising where, like you said, it's small businesses that I never would have found had it not been for Instagram. So I think it's not very fair to make brands feel like it's not the right place to advertise because obviously Facebook owns Instagram. Mm. I don't really know. I feel like also there's a political element to it, but Mm. that doesn't have to go hand in hand with the advertising on that platform either. Like just because you're advertised there doesn't mean you condone necessarily everything that gets posted on Facebook. Because All that money is going all that money is still going into Marky Mark's pocket, you know? I know, but like, it's one of those things, like the main people who use it, it's the same sort of ratio of just the entire world. 90% of people are using Facebook for the right reason. They're doing it to complain online or share photos (laughs) or whatever it is, or do their top tens, whatever it might be. And there's Mm. like a couple of people who are using it incorrectly. And I know there's like question marks around Zucker's, but I don't know enough about that to comment if I'm honest. Um, yeah, we don't know enough facts. We're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> so don't come for us, Zuckerberg. I know you uh, had a lawsuit or two in your time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so how funny that we, we had the same fashion story. I know. But it is, I think it's interesting and it's really topical because I, I saw the thing about Ben and Jerry's really recently. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. so this week um we were thinking we would start off with a story time right yeah Scott's got a bit she's got a good story this week it's just um us kind of recounting on memories and experiences that we've had in the past and just a you know a way to put our two cents in and kind of evaluate the state of how we see things how we see fashion from the inside mm. But also um, interesting to get like, I might think a story is kind of crazy, mm. but you might be like, no, I can kind of like, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I don't necessarily know if we've like, uh, I've shared every story with you and vice versa. Mm. Um, but also Not it's a good way to get to know us and realize like what our experiences are and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like, as we've mentioned before, I think 
with fashion because it is all about especially luxury fashion it's about like glamour and like the appearance of things and the influences and that's not a bad thing that's you know it's part of why people love it so much but um I haven't come across many um people who talk about like working Mm, and all the like nitty-gritty of like getting into fashion or how they got into it and the people they know or what they've done and the experience they've gained so we just thought you know this is yeah something that would be interesting yeah go ahead your story okay so this story goes back a few years it was when I was working for one of the first companies I worked for and I believe I would have been maybe a design assistant or something of that caliber um was this when you were full-time? Yeah. It was an internship. Okay. No. Um, I, I have quite similar stories of interning, so I don't think um, that's necessarily a problem. But so this is like um, context. This is kind of like a story to highlight. Just kind of like if you step out of it, I think this is actually a really mad story in terms of like if you're in a different industry, it just seems stupid. It's like um, unique to fashion. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So it was coming up to fashion week. And so we were purely an accessories brand. And so we didn't have a show. Um, mm. And so like sales was where the important deadline was. So whilst mm. we didn't have the deadline of a show or something like that, we still had the showroom deadline, which is where you invite buyers or whatever to come and look at your new collection and they'll mm-hmm. and stores will see what they want to buy and such mm-hmm. so it was maybe a week or two before then potentially closer and we had panels being embroidered for bags in india but then we were getting the the made in europe so I, one day i was accosted to bring my passport in for the next day got a flight booked I've got like my itinerary and basically the morning of my flight, I have to go to London Heathrow and I have to meet my boss who's flying back from India with the bag panels. Okay. And she's going to hand them to me. They'll be in her hand luggage or whatever. She's going to hand them to me. And then for whatever reason, my flight was not from London Heathrow. It was from London Gatwick. So I have to hot foot it in a taxi to Gatwick and bearing in mind like this is a like 7 a.m in the morning and I've got to like get across to Gatwick for my flight to I'm not gonna say the country just in case um can't reveal the secrets of where it was made (laughs) um so I like then catch my flight into Europe um but I've like gotta make sure I can get basically to the airport and he's very funny but like up until now this sound this kind of like airport handover sounds like shifty as hell 1970s drug deal you know when like you could carry absolutely anything on board oh well so also a lot of the problem is obviously sometimes you might have to declare these things if they're not on your person if they're in your suitcase there's different rules and what what have you so I've had to do this dodgy exchange. And by the way, I'm like, I'm as squeaky clean as it comes. Like I'm such a square. So <laughs> I get very like paranoid that people are going to think I'm like doing something untoward. 
So I head off to Gatwick and the whole time I'm thinking, why didn't they spend that like extra 50 quid and have me on a plane from Heathrow because you're spending more on a taxi fare than you would have done on this flight. So I get to Gatwick and I fly into Europe and this is the day where um, there's the problem with um, with um, the Channel Tunnel and there's the problem with there was the refugee crisis and so this was my first time visiting this country I'm gonna also add that's a lie it was my first time visiting the country where I had been promised I'd actually get to see it so I'd been a number of times to do sort of like a dodgy dealing of like handing over leather or whatever yeah. to a factory, but I get straight back on the flight home and I don't even handing get over those it. briefcases. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this time I was promised, no, you'll go to the factory. They're going to show you around the country. You're going to, you know, like it's going to be really nice. Um, so I get there and we get these panels to the factory. Like there's been all this hoo-ha and then, um, the refugee crisis is happening, but I don't know that yet. And they've told me there's commotion in the city and they can't take me there. And they unwrap the panels and it's not the right panels for the bag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so not only have they paid all this money for me to fly there to do this. And then I'm like on the flight back that night and they're expecting me to be carrying the bag back with me. So this is all to also like avoid, <laughs> um, basically avoid like delivery costs and like airfare mm. and all of that stuff for um, okay. And so yeah, it was it was just not even the right stuff for the bag. So oh, and luckily I did get home because flights then weren't leaving. Um, I was pretty lucky to get back, but they were really annoyed because it was all the wrong panel. No one expected. Like the person who went <laughs> over to India. I know, <laughs> I know. But I think this but, is the problem. Fashion leaves everything till the last minute. So it's just this like scram of quick, yeah. quick, quick, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And it was all wrong anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Like, oh. There is always a scramble, like right up until like shows and things to get everything done. And it is really last minute. But then strangely enough, like these things are designed well in advance. Oh, you're telling me, Miranda. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I will never get used to it. I'm, I'm currently taking a pause from, from fashion. But yeah. one thing I would never be able to get used to sign off on a collection like I just think decisions have to be made um but yeah I mean that's I mean it's just a crazy thing that but the day before a show that something can be changing and luckily and this is like genuinely why I went into accessories rather than um clothing mm -hmm. it's because you have to make decisions earlier in bags Mm. because a factory makes it it's very uncommon to make a bag in your studio whereas obviously I used to be sewing on buttons and you know like or crocheting or knitting a garment just before it can go on yeah. like on the show whereas actually a bag you have to be organized because like the the actual production yes. of yeah and the like leather or the yeah, fabric the artisan like, way yeah. in advance and then yeah 
Yeah, so but, had, hold on, like, what happened in the aftermath of this? Like, because I cannot imagine... So they were, someone they were missing like, a panel, and in then true fashion style, it's blaming the factory in India, it's uh, blaming this, it's blaming that. Um, are they sure, the factory, that they haven't got the correct things, and just all this stuff, and it's just like, let's be honest, something's gone wrong. Mm. Like... But yeah, so I just had to head back to London empty-handed without this bag. And so this bag as well, in a collection, you tend to have sort of your mainstream bags. So let's equate it to maybe like a Chanel. You've got it like your leathers. So you've got your um, your typical stars. You've got your flap bag. You've got your 2.55s. You've got all your stuff, but you just every season have different color leathers maybe a mm -hmm. different style of leather but normally it's colors is the main difference mm -hmm. you might introduce a few new styles and then maybe you'll have like your standout bag that's more of a press piece a bit like mm -hmm. the shopping basket or you know like the really ridiculous sort of bags yeah. so we used to do that more with like embellishment so this was like the pinnacle piece that kind this of like, like everything together go in like magazines to go yeah like, so it'd be our press coverage all of like that you stuff. probably don't even they probably didn't even make you don't sell it yeah. exactly make like two to sit in a shop but yeah. then you have like the um the more like neutered down version of like yeah. less expensive copy ish of that of yeah, that bag yeah. but yeah it was just like and also so you think I've got to get up so early to get to the airport to get that and then get back and then back at the office the next day and just like where is it so hold on when you were in wherever you know unknown location in my unknown yeah. location <laughs> in your bunker <laughs> oh, I'm like uh, ferociously texting my boss like this isn't right this isn't right like oh yeah. So they knew when you were over there yeah. that you were coming back empty-handed. Yeah, empty-handed and sales was starting like within the next like two or three days because then it probably, we normally started with sales in Paris. So it's not like, oh, I can quickly like drop it off in London. It's got to make the, it's got to make the van to Paris the or catch whoever's going on the Eurostar to get there. So it it got to sales late. It was like in the second or third location of sales rather than the first which was oh. very classic very classic that's no bueno so like in regards to trips did you have other trips or escapades whatever um that kind of was similar in that vein what was it like traveling from a de design perspective um and things just going tits up so I, I have like different experiences of travel. So I'll probably touch on at a later date, the more productive trips, <laughs> but definitely to begin with, and especially the more junior I was, I was more like disposable for not being in the office. So mm. I would be used as a human courier. Um, <laughs> genuinely, like, traffic whether, more like whether it was around London to pick up a roll of fabric yeah whether it was literally to fly to like x location to like go pick up a bag to fly it back because maybe it's made of a certain thing or actually my airfare is cheaper than getting it on the pre-12 like thing for the next day um mm. 
so yeah, it was it was crazy because there would just the amount of times they'd be like, "Could you bring your passport in tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Are you available?" And they sort of look at you, and you're just there like, "Yeah." And part so of that's the like, thing. It's like, really cool. Like I quite exactly. like. It. I'm not scared of flying. I kind of like going on planes. It's mm. an interesting day out, minus the fact that I don't live in London. And the amount of times I would be flying from an airport, I live quite close to Heathrow. The amount of times I wouldn't be flying from Heathrow and I'd have to wake up at the crack of dawn to like get to a different place or be on first flight out. So regardless, you're up at like five or whatever. And then you get back in the last flight of the day. But but I also kind of, I kind of liked it. I kind of it feels exciting like that's kind of like the fashion stories that you hear you like yeah yeah just had to that's what people hope to have as a perk when they get into the fashion industry like i mean don't get me wrong um but it really depends on the role that you have also not everyone gets to travel (laughs) no (laughs) Um, no but uh, i remember in my last job um the buyers there it was also like a leather accessories um brand and when they went over to another country that won't be mentioned <laughs> um to do that we just don't them. want to be sued by <laughs> anyone <laughs> um yeah i mean there's but, only like three places that make bags so but this wasn't a location where they make them okay. they were going to like head office oh okay that would like have the global showroom yeah so and they were selecting it for like the european market anyway yeah. like when they used to go on these trips yeah it's fun like they got time in the evening to do stuff but it was manic for them during mm. the day it was like here there and everywhere um and you got to see like your brand partners who you probably only meet twice a year and kind of catch up with everything yeah. and like so yeah i mean it's intense it's intense and like and also they'll be like schmoozing and also, like, in the least antisocial way, if you go on a trip mm. with colleagues, like, you don't, you already spend the, the whole working day with them. So then when you're spending your, your free time, oh, like, dinner, because obviously you're not going to go to dinner alone. It's like, it's, and also a lot of the time, like you said, you're communicating with people because you're building those relationships and mm. all of that stuff. So it's, it's it's like working all the time and also like mm. in europe we would have a representative that spoke the language who would either be over there or come with us mm-hmm. and then they're speaking in not quite proper english or in another language and the whole time you're trying to like be on it's hard work and you're mm-hmm. kind of like not being funny you're not you're not my friends <laughs> like you're my yeah. colleagues <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can so if it was a solo trip I I was like almost more buzzing yeah yeah you would just have like time to breathe and like not come back with the wrong item <laughs> <laughs> and actually saying that at my last job and I wasn't the most well I probably was the most junior person but that's it's more about the company because we they just wouldn't hire anyone else um it again came to like collecting the bags for the season. I literally flew. I'm going to say it. I flew to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> say it girl. I flew to Italy and they didn't even plan for me to go to the factory. 
So they just, Uh-oh. their plan for me was to sit in the airport all day and just then get a return flight. And other places oh. I worked, I at least had like the fortune of like visiting the factory, enjoying yeah. it, seeing like, it's really cool seeing how stuff like that yeah. made. And also you get a sneak peek of who else they make for and la la la. Um, yeah, that's true. And so then I was like, I'm not being funny, guys. I didn't have to be on the first flight out. You could have literally booked me a flight where I had like a two-hour layover. Mm. So we literally, I'm sat at the airport all day. Don't get me wrong. I get a bus into the city and I explore because I'm an opportunist. Mm. Um, and there was, I, didn't, I couldn't take a laptop with me and whatever. And, and so literally my flight is, say, at like seven and like in Europe and whatever, I only had hand luggage. So you've got to get maybe through the gate an hour before, but they were passing me luggage to check in. I was taking like 30 bags back with me. So I flew out with empty luggage. Like at the airport, they're like, have you or anyone else packed your bag? Yeah. <laughs> you're all, and you're like, my grand's put something in the bag, but I'm not going to tell you that. Like, <laughs> Especially like I've flown out with empty bags and I'm flying back with full bags. Like, great. Let's yeah. not get like a black mark against my name. And literally they arrived. They said the gate would close. And I was like, guys, like they're on their way. I left my jumper somewhere. Like wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> And literally, they left till the last minute before, and they said they wouldn't let like me on the flight if I didn't check like these bags in on time. And that was the final flight of the day. And I was like, this place will not pay for me. I'm sure to have a hotel. Like, I need this flight. And literally, I hadn't even met this person. They were like the main were like the main manager of the factory, and they just piled the bags into my like suitcases, and I just oh, ran. I was like, I can't even do pleasantries. I just ran to the front desk, and oh, then he was like nervous. running after me with the paperwork. Um, and yeah, I just made it, but like, yeah. it's just it's always that kind of like it's never smooth you always think you're gonna miss your fly or there's something's gonna happen yeah um yeah good Good times though good times I mean I do I do miss I do miss traveling um but I mean that's because we're not going anywhere right now Um, yeah that's true but yeah um that's Mm. just one of the many hectic travel stories that just didn't even pay off I think that's really interesting though it's good to um it's a it's a good perspective on like trips especially when you work in design and trying to smuggle things in and out of countries and stuff (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know if this is illegal behavior so if anyone is listening leave me alone I did. I did it. Uh, I was coerced. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were still under your contract. Like it wasn't your fault. <laughs> it was. It was obligation. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. That's cool. I think we should do this again. Yeah. Let's do next it again. Time. And next time, we... you tell you tell a story. Yeah. Next time, I'll do a story time. We might have like a different topic in between, mm. but definitely another story time. Um. I've got a few from (laughs) just customers. Um, But yeah, anyway, 
thanks guys for listening to our first episode episode um, one of style over substance Woo! at some point we're gonna do some really cheesy like adverts we're gonna record give them, them a taste of him. give them a taster put on that on sexy radio, voice my radio voice um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so thanks again so much for listening to us ramble for about half an hour um we've really enjoyed kind of starting this and recording episodes and talking about you know things like our work experience and all that but um yeah so as Scarlett said in the beginning you can email us at styleoversubstancep at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your anecdotes, your stories. We know there are a lot of people who have worked in the fashion industry, retail, and we've all got a story to tell. Any questions that you have for us? It would be really nice to do like an introduction q and I think that'd be, mm, that'd be cool. Um, we also have an Instagram, um, which is styleoversubstancepod. Um, and, oh, please leave a review wherever you listen to your a podcast. what review a five star review you know it don't leave don't, a review if it's not five stars no if it's four stars we don't want it um <laughs> no honestly like oh you know what i bought i bought something on amazon was it amazon and then you know when you get your parcel mm. and then they put a slip in it like thank you whatever this could yeah it was either amazon or etsy and they basically tried to bribe me into leaving a five-star review like we'll give you this we'll give you this 10 pound voucher probably doesn't exist yeah this yeah um that's terrible and if you leave a five-star review and it you know what i did think about it but then i thought this is a scam well, we won't give you a five pound or ten pound <laughs> voucher, but we will give you another episode. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, follow us. Um, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Insta. Give us an email, and leave us a review. But thanks again. I've been Mim, and I've been Scarlett, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.